I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I was way too scared. And um, just something struck me and I saw this note in my phone that said magnetic pillow fort that I'm sure I wrote down while I was watching my daughter and my wife play with pillows and blankets. I, I woke up one day and I said, I think I can actually do it. I think I can do it. Um, and at the same time, when I lost my job, I got, I got just enough severance and that basically selling my car, actually, we're a one car family now, wow. uh, selling my car and using that severance money was the startup money that I needed. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. St. Louis resident Connor Lewis had one of Kickstarter's biggest toy fundings ever last week. In its first 24 hours on the crowdfunding site, his pitch won $2 million in investment. It's only continued to climb. As of showtime, it was up to $2.48 million, the biggest Kickstarter on the site right now, and the second biggest toy launch in the site's history. And this Kickstarter still has 24 days to go. So what made it rain for this fledgling entrepreneur? I've got three words for you, magnetic pillow fort. And joining us today with all the details is Connor Lewis. He is the founder of Fort. Connor, welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. And I think magnetic pillow fort are the three magic words, it seems like. Th those are the three magic words, at least as far as Kickstarter went last week. <laughs> I mean, this was an amazing launch here. Did you think a week ago you'd be sitting on more than $2 million in investment? Um, you know, it did exceed my expectations, of course. Um, we had a very realistic idea of what we thought was possible with uh, t about 24 hours on the platform Kickstarter. And um, I would say we more than doubled what I thought was possible. Wow. So you came in with, I mean, this wasn't just, you weren't just throwing a figure at the wall. You had a business plan here, but this did even better than you thought it would. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people have asked like, hey, did you think you were going to raise, um, I think the official number was 2.2 um, .2 million in under 10 hours was what we kind of benchmarked at. Um, and then that 2.2 .2 million held for the next uh I guess, um, tw 12 or 14 hours. Hmm. And so um, we had a really strong idea. We weren't, this wasn't like, oh, let's throw it up on Kickstarter. We were very strategic about it. We had built a really big following on Facebook. And, um, you know, it's it still, even then, um, it still exceeded our expectations. Well, so tell us about this magical product that has Kickstarter just going crazy. What does this magnetic pillow fort consist of? So, you know, it is, it, it is incredibly simple um, on its face and in description. It quite literally is a set of uh, 12 blocks and they stack into this nice little tower. And um, we basically took kind of the, uh, if you know, like child's daycare blocks, we basically took that idea, made them a little bit bigger. So the, the, the blocks are actually kind of based off of the size of quite literally your sofa cushion. <laughs> so we took a, a, a sofa cushion made specifically for children to be beat up on top of, and we added magnets in just the right places and just with enough fun shapes to be able to kind of create whatever your imagination can uh, desire. I think anybody with a kid and with a couch uh, can understand understand how this is this is the magic formula here but you know you have the, the prototype of this and you can see it on the Kickstarter website kids playing with it was it hard to get the balance of having a strong enough magnet it, that it would stick together without having too strong a magnet I mean you're dealing with kids here you need to make sure they, they can't get stuck 
I could not, I cannot even tell you how hard that, that, that is. Um, you know, th there's something so simple about foam and fabric, and then you add this kind of like scientific, I mean, everything is science, but you add this very specific scientific thing like a magnet, and it's a really delicate balance to walk. Um, a really strong magnet are, are incredibly dangerous, um, and then really weak magnets um, barely do anything. Um, and, and magnets almost think, I, the, I, the more people I run into and talk about magnets, they almost seem like magic to us. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know if that's a fault of the education system, but um, it, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation but the um they really are incredible and it's surprising how big you have to get them to kind of fight through the fabric and and connect to each other so we spent a long time researching magnets we eventually had to actually make our own custom magnet hmm so you made your own custom magnet yeah. do you have any history of magnet manufacturing where you so, even knew how to do that i don't know of course not <laughs> um no this was uh this was this was all completely made up on the fly. I, I, you know, I credit, uh, I, I went to art school initially and I credit learning how to think creatively and, and solve problems, kind of almost thinking upside down with, with how to create this product um, because you, um, you know, you find a factory and you work with that factory and, and really you're coming in the door with all the ideas and, and they're just executing for you. So no, I did not know magnets. I had to learn very quickly and do a lot of testing um, and a lot of ordering and, and magnets are, as I've learned uh, pretty quickly, are not cheap and mm. it takes a ton of magnets. I think right now, if we were to just stop the Kickstarter, we would be manufacturing somewhere around a million magnets. Wow. So that's <laughs> it's not cheap, and as you say, hard to get the exact one you want. And as it should become clear from hearing you talk about this project, this, again, is not just as simple as, hey, let's put up a Kickstarter. I understand the pandemic is responsible for you going all in on this and, and all the work and R&D you've put into magnets. What were you doing before the coronavirus upended everything? I had a really great job working for a uh, high net worth individual who uh, was really invested in a small town uh, near St. Louis. And um, I, I had a wonderful time working for him and helping uh, a team. I was kind of uh, one of the younger kids on the, on, the, uh, on the team, helping him do a lot of creative projects. He invested in a lot of real estate and it was a great training ground. It was almost like being an entrepreneur, but with, with a huge safety net, right? I had a salary, the 401k, and you know, when, when, when the coronavirus hits, um, my, my wife was pregnant with our second child uh, about April, and um, if through no fault of their, my, my past company, you know, I, it, was an easy, it was an easy way to cut costs. And, um, and I, you know, being a trained creative, I, I was basically in marketing and um, video production and things like that. You know, creative, the creative industry was hit really hard early in the coronavirus. Um, you know, uh, people making videos, people doing social media, that's, that's, that's not essential when you're trying to survive, right? Mm -hmm. So um, just like many other creatives, especially in the St. Louis area, um, you know, I got laid off and um, took a few months to kind of uh, figure out what to do with my life, um, you know, looking at a, a just under two-year-old and, and a pregnant wife who was still working, you know, being the main, um, being the main source of income for our family. And um, I basically, I woke up one day and it struck me that um, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I was way too scared. And um, just something struck me and I saw this note in my phone that said magnetic pillow fort that I'm sure I wrote down while I was watching my daughter and my wife play with pillows and blankets, doing what every parent does, make little pillow forts with their kids. And um, that's kind of where it came from. Wow, so you wrote this note at some point, you must have had so much else going on, you didn't even stop to think about it, but it was there in your subconscious calling you. 
I, you know, I just, I had, you know, I had been a big fan of podcasts and um, worshiping, you know, the, the tech gods in Silicon Valley and dreaming what it would be like, but I was always too scared. And I had this really cozy job. And, um, you know, a few months after, just a few months after kind of losing my job, and I knew when I lost my job, I, was, I said to myself, I'm not ready to start a company. I don't, I didn't really believe in myself. And um, it, I quite literally struck me. I, I woke up one day and I said, I think I can actually do it. I think I can do it. Wow. And so you went for it. And, and as you said, you put some investment into this. I mean, was, was that something where the severance came in handy? Oh, you know, it was it, it was um, a godsend in a lot of ways. Uh, we had just um, we had just finished rehabbing an old house in the Shaw neighborhood north of Tower Grove Park in the city, and we had some tax credit money for our house that because we had some major repairs. Um, and at the same time, when I lost my job, I got, I got just enough severance and that basically selling my car, actually, we're a one car family now, wow. uh, selling my car and using that severance money was the startup money that I needed to start for it in the beginning. Yeah. Wow. This is such an inspirational story. I'm just, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm, it's so striking how you took some adverse circumstances and, and man, you really bootstrapped this thing. Now you've got more than 8,000 backers on board for this. In some ways, as much as that's exhilarating, is that also a little scary? It is, uh, you know, it is, I'm 50-50 terrified and exhilarated. Um, and, and I think the reason is, you know, when I was launching this, um, we got traction earlier than I was ready. Uh, and that was very scary. You know, I being a creative, uh, a trained creative at, traditionally or historically in my life, you know, you get a lot of time sitting at your computer screen, you get a lot of time thinking by yourself, but all of a sudden I opened this Facebook group and I, and I may be getting ahead of the story, but um, it, it, it taught me how to interact with customers and it taught me how to be engaged with people and kind of put me on the spot a little bit in a good way. So. Um, it is really scary to think about fulfilling these orders and making something happen that I have never done before. And at the same time, I am incredibly stoked to be doing it. Um, it is such a fun challenge. So this Facebook group, the idea there was to sort of build some buzz and, and help create the successful Kickstarter, but it sounds like people were just so excited about this idea. Yeah, and I think COVID um, and the pandemic has been a really, uh, that's kind of the, the blessing in disguise for me, not only because I did lose my job and it kind of pushed me here, but also because just like so many other parents, you know, trapped at home. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it sparks ideas, it, it, it sparks mostly exhaustion, if I'm honest. Um, but uh, we basically launched online with a prototype um, and it was a pretty good sample. We were not, you know, we were only a month or two away from having basically the full production model done. And um, I posted a Facebook ad. I was very new to running Facebook ads. And someone emailed me from the Facebook ad and said, hey, I really like this. You know, this is similar to a few other products. You know, I don't know if you've heard of the Nugget Couch uh, having this crazy uh, rise in popularity. It's basically just kind of a, a bifold couch with triangle pillows. They were like, oh, it's kind of similar to that. People are dying over that Nugget product. Can I ask you some questions about it? This person take the, took the questions I, uh, I answered for her and some of the pictures I sent to her because she was interested. And in 24 hours, I had 1,500 people um, signing up to my email list and that only scaled as we went. Um, we ended, uh, well, we didn't end, but we right when we launched the Kickstarter campaign, we had 80,000 people on our email list. Wow. I mean, this just seems like I've interviewed so many people who have pretty good ideas and are trying to find ways to launch it and get people interested. And it's such an uphill battle. It seems like this idea that you just jotted down in the notes on your phone, this is the thing every American parent wanted right now. 
it, it, it really, I think it, it's, it's multifaceted. The, the, the nugget, uh, this, this couch that has gone viral, really, really lended to that. So I, I got to kind of trade on the hype of that. Not only that, but there's a kind of a universality I've learned to this fort building. And now, of course, I'm making a somewhat premium product and, and selling it online. So there, you know, but I think the, 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 um, the, it remains very true that, that most kids are ripping cushions off of couches. <laughs> it seems to be happening. <laughs> it's the truth universally acknowledged. You see yes. a couch, you want to rip it up. Yeah. Well, when and you're there's a, kid. a virality to it as well. You know, the magnets yeah. and things, you know, that certainly helps. Well, so look, you've got 24 days left of this Kickstarter. Um, what happens after that? What does your timeline look like to actually bring the fort to living rooms all over America? Yeah, so that is a great question, um, and we do get that a lot currently. So, of course, I am new to production, but um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm pr uh, fairly diligent in my work. So um, what we're going to do is basically um, after this Kickstarter, wh while we're fully funded, of course, we want to raise a little bit more money. Um, the margin was really low the first few days. We knew it would be low. Um, so we, we mostly are trying to raise a little bit more money. So we have a little bit of a cushion to sit on to keep the company uh, floating. And we're going to go and start doing production. Um, I'm going to work with a consultant to help me kind of uh, work on things. We're manufacturing in China, so there's a lot of work to, to, to do there and learn the process. It's been really fun, genuinely. I, I can't say enough about how much uh, kind of being a global citizen and doing something I, it gets a lot of flack, and I just have enjoyed the process so much, learning different cultures and languages and um, working with people all over the world. And so basically, we're going to spend the next few months just going through production and kind of inviting our Kickstarter backers into that process by taking pictures. Hopefully, if um, I can personally get vaccinated at some point, <laughs> uh, which, you know, wouldn't TBD. that be nice? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And, well, and I know I'm not essential. So I, you know, I certainly want those who, who need it to do it. But um, I'd love to go to China and kind of document the process and, and really invite these special people who, who, who lent me their, their backing to, um, to go through the production process. And we hope to ship uh, between Ju July and October. Hmm. So as you sort of alluded to there with the mention of the vaccine, which looms so big for so many of us right now, you're doing this at just a really strange time uh, to be doing anything. What do you see as the biggest challenge for you in terms of being able to deliver this product on the timeline you're looking for? You know, COVID remains the biggest challenge. Um, that is that is true. You know, we had a sample that, that got stuck at an airport um, internationally somewhere. And uh, just because they decided to close the airport because of a, an outbreak. Um, <laughs> so that, that kind of remains the number one fear. Um, but beyond that, everything is going, I feel like we'll move pretty smoothly. You know, the, the, the pandemic, the biggest challenge, which is a really boring challenge, is basically the cost of things. Hmm. Um, you're looking at about four times the cost to import something on the ocean or over air. And so, um, you know, it's it's just a really huge hurdle that we've had to try and overcome and that we're going to continue to work with um, really hopefully smarter people than me to work with to, to figure that out. Um, so really the fulfillment part historically of Kickstarter has been the challenge. A lot of people raise a lot of money and they kind of get too big for their britches and, and they are unable to fulfill or fulfill a really poorly made product. And we're doing everything we can to do quality control and, and figure out how we can keep shipping costs low to make sure the customer gets it. Well, Connor Lewis, it's been great to hear about these plans and it's so exciting to hear about this magnetic pillow fort. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and wish you the best of luck. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.